Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? Hey, hi there. This is Ellen Marmon, and I am coming to you from my home in Lexington, Kentucky. I have to admit, it's very strange for me to be talking uh, into a little green dot and looking at a computer instead of looking at live, lovely people. I'm an extrovert, and this is basically our worst nightmare. But I'm learning and I'm adapting just like you are these days. Jessica gave me three weeks, the three week notice, which was great. She emailed me and asked if I would be willing to share a message uh, while we're working from home. And I said, sure. But even last week, I just have had the hardest time finding a place to land. So I called Jessica and I, I asked her, I said, can you find somebody else? Because I really, I don't have anything to share. <laughs> and she, she was very nice. Um, she was a really nice Christian about it and said everything would be fine, uh, which meant no, she couldn't find anybody else. So here I am. And I, I you know, I just seem to be, um, I don't know, like one day, I'm, I'm genuinely practicing gratitude. And the next day, I'm so grumpy, I don't even wanna be around myself. And one day, I am very excited about the possibilities that um, this new situation has brought about. And the next day, I'm eating handfuls of chocolate chips out of the bag because who wants to wait for cookies to bake in the oven? So that's just my reality right now. Um, I, I'm the kind of person that if, if I'm up against something that I don't understand, it's often helpful for me to find an analogy or a metaphor to help, making, to help me make sense of something. So what's been going through my mind and my heart lately is sort of comparing life from March 13th, um, coronavirus, work at home, and all the other layers of this thing. Uh, what's been going through my mind and heart about it is this feels a little bit like possibly a missionary's uh, trip to someplace new, someplace they'd never been before. And, um, you know, at first there's a lot of adrenaline and um, there's just this sense of, okay, let's get settled into our new surroundings and let's, let's put out the fires and then let's, let's problem solve like crazy kind of in crisis mode. But boy, then that adrenaline after two or three weeks, it really fell by the wayside. And, um, you know, I think maybe like a missionary uh, would feel looking around at a completely unfamiliar setting uh, might begin to feel a little bit overwhelmed and even wonder, am I supposed to be here? So I called my friend Julie Broderson. She's also an Asbury alum woo -woo -woo, and pastor of missions. And I, I kind of tested this um, analogy with her. And I said, Julie, I'm kind of thinking this whole experience is sort of like a, 
a missionary going to a new place for the very first time. And she kind of filled that out for me, that whole analogy and saying, yeah, you know, um, you have, we've all walked into a present reality that has come, you know, completely different rules than, than we've lived by before, than are the norm, right? New rules, completely new social cues. If you've been to the grocery, it's, it's, for me, it's a disaster. Nobody wants to make eye contact. Everybody's swinging their carts, you know, around each other. Uh, some wearing masks, some not, but everybody uh, just pretty vigilant. So the social cues are brand new. We're trying to figure them out. The rules are changing every day and um, it's exhausting. There's a fatigue that settles in, even with uh, learning how to navigate Zoom meetings and um, just deal with things from a distance. So this kind of metaphor analogy is helping me uh, get my mind and my heart around just our present reality. And Julie was really helpful as we kind of talked through the different phases that missionaries go through when they, they enter a different land. Even so much as learning a new language, we're learning new words like uh, social distancing and quarantining. So uh, here we are, right? I, I have absolutely no idea how to segue from those thoughts to Exodus 16, but that's where I'm going and I promise at least I see some connections. You've already heard the scripture read and that, that's great to be able to, to do that. I, wanted, um, I want us just to take a look at it um, a little bit more closely in, in light of just the realities that we're facing right now. So I won't read this uh, for you, but I wanna just highlight a couple things. I, I have been, um, I guess, kind of returning to some familiar stories in scripture as a way of, you know, uh, what, what do I say? Just sort of a grounding kind of exercise or practice. And so um, I've been uh, back to Exodus and traveling with um, our Hebrew friends who have recently been liberated from centuries of captivity and slavery in Egypt. But I, I feel like God's helping me develop some patience and maybe a little more respect for um, our friends in the Old Testament than I've ever had before. Because here they are, look at this, they're, they're trying to figure out, they're grumbling, they're grumpy, uh, they're in a place they've never been before, they don't know the rules, they don't know how they're going to acquire food for their meals, and God provides, amazingly, he provides quail for dinner and manna in the morning. So the rule is, of course, uh, you're familiar with this, um, that you just gather enough for the people living in your tent. Whatever it is you call family, um, those people that you're doing life with under the same tent flap, 
those are the ones that you're going to gather for. And some gathered a lot, some gathered a little, but everybody had just enough. But here's the new rule, right? You can't store it up. You can't keep it until morning. Well, that's weird. That's really weird because uh, they and we are used to, if we've got something left over, you put it in a Tupperware container and you put it in your refrigerator. Or if you um, have several cans of soup in your pantry right now, it's not a problem. But in this setting, it was going to be a problem. So the rule was, don't keep it, don't try to store it and keep it for the next day. So a couple words that really catch my attention in rereading this section of scripture, and that the first one is however, however, in verse 20 of chapter 16. Some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of the manna until morning. Then they woke up in the morning. It was full of maggots and it smelled really bad, which is disgusting um, and a very quick lesson um, in making sure that we follow the rules in this new place. So, um, you know, the next thing that comes up is, okay, what do we do during Sabbath? God wants that day to be a day dedicated to him. And so he makes provision for that, that on day six, you, you need to gather twice as much as you normally will of the manna. And then that night, you can keep the extra. This is getting really complicated. It's sort of like you stay six feet away in the grocery, maybe wear a mask, maybe not. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. Hand sanitizer is okay, but it's not as great as soap. I mean, this is really complicated. So, of course, you know what's going to happen. Uh, another, another very telling word, nevertheless. So we had, however, some people didn't listen and saved uh, the manna days one through five. And they got maggots and a really bad smell in their tent. Now, here comes the Sabbath practice, which is even more different. And they're told what to do. Nevertheless, some of the people still went out on the seventh day to gather the manna, and they didn't find any. So God says, when are you going to start listening to me? When are you going to start obeying my commands? When are you going to start trusting, I think, that I will provide everything you need one day at a time? Now, that's a great question. And it's a question that I feel like um, all of us are being asked right now. As individuals, as people who are living under the same tent, families and friends together, as communities, as countries, as a whole world with this global crisis. When are you going to listen to me and trust me enough to provide your daily bread? So for me, now the connection takes me to the Gospels. In Luke um, 11, where 
the disciples are asking Jesus, hey, can you teach us how to pray? Could you do that in a way that would be like, uh, you know, the way you taught or the way John taught his disciples? So here's the way Jesus answered that question and really was kind of his lesson. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And that makes me think so much of the manna in the morning in the Old Testament that, um, again, we're needing to learn that we can trust God to give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Lead us not into temptation. So these are sort of where my thoughts uh, have been going lately, um, along with where I put the bag of chocolate chips, where I left it, what room I left it in last. I, I, I'm, I've sort of been traveling with um, the folks in the Old Testament coming out of Egypt into a desert, an unknown space, all new rules, um, new social cues, new language, new practices. And there's a trust now that has to develop on a level that they, they didn't have before. I, I feel like that's happening certainly with me. And I would, I would guess with a lot of believers right now, there is a trust in Jesus as our daily bread, as our um, provider every day, one day at a time, and that trust is being developed on a deeper level than ever before. So I just want to keep listening. I want to keep um, reading the stories in the scripture. And um, I'm grateful that God has developed in me a less critical stance toward people who really struggle with following instructions uh, in the Old Testament, who don't listen the first time through, who can't really engage these new practices wholeheartedly because it is so new and so strange, yet God is there in the midst of it ready to provide. Jesus describes himself later in the Gospel of John as the bread of life. He makes a direct connection between manna in the Old Testament and God sending him to the world in the New Testament. I love that he connected those dots for us. And I guess what I am grateful to be experiencing is maybe a stronger connection too between understanding God's provision in the Old Testament, God's provision in Jesus to his disciples and those who believed in him and in the early church and the presence of Christ with us now in the midst of a reality that is 
really kind of upside down and inside out from what we're used to. So yes, that bounced several different places. But for me anyway, though, I, I see the connections. And um, those connections and that reminder from the word of God and from the spirit of God that Jesus is with me, with you, with us, with this world, every minute of every day, one day at a time. We, we don't have to store anything up. We don't have to measure anything out. We don't have to run to the ark and hope that we can find the jar of manna as a witness. We have the witness of the living Christ in our own spirit. And so I'm grateful. I appreciate you um, kind of running all over the place with me today. And I pray that you will experience a deeper level than before, Jesus Christ as your daily bread.